Hello and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is June the 21st, 2023. His name is Alex. My name is Frank. It has been since June 1st since I hopped on this platform Damn. and uh, put my voice to recording. Dude. It's been a long time, dude. We it missed like you. a while. We missed you. Missed your must. Thanks. I missed, and I missed you. <laughs> and I missed you. <laughs> At least I got Thank to you. see you but in that time, Definitely though. not you. <laughs> um, did get to uh, embrace you. Embrace you in person. It's always nice. A couple things that happened since the 1st of June. Um, I got a new hat. <laughs> it's a beautiful hat. It I is. did. Um, my kid turned eight months old. Yep. And he's a maniac. It's a boss, man. I already miss him. He's a cool kid. Uh, that's about it. I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, last time we spoke, you were living in California and you're not anymore, actually. No, I'm not. I have untethered. I have unplugged from the cesspool that is <laughs> California. So how, how is it? Talk, talk to me about how the move went. I, I saw you briefly during it, but how did it all go, your cross-country journey? Uh, it was long, and it right now seems like a blur. Mm. Um, I think the most interesting part of it was that, you know, because we had like stretches of, of drives, and it, the most memorable thing about it, other than like spending time with the family and seeing the country, is that the drives seemed so short. Okay. Like so short. Hmm. I don't know why that was. I think maybe because like mentally we've set aside the day for driving. So like we drove from Colorado to Kansas City and that was a 10 hour day and it didn't feel like 10 hours. It barely felt like, and I don't know why that is. Like, I don't know what psychology is behind that, but, yeah. um, and maybe because we had like the kid in the back and he was f- fussy at times. So we had to focus on that and, you know, we're always doing things or we're listening to like a, like a long form podcast about murder a lot of those. A lot. Um, I don't know, man. It, but but the drive was cool. Uh, it was long. It felt like we might never get to the destination because we had so many stops along the way. The beginning of the beginning of the journey was lonely because we weren't visiting anybody. We went to Utah. We didn't visit anybody. Went to Colorado. We didn't visit anybody. It was just us. Um, and it started to feel a little lonely. And then as soon as we got to Kansas City. Um, we saw a couple people and then to Chicago and we saw you guys and then to Ohio and we saw friends in Ohio and then it became a chore and we're like, Jesus Christ, I'm so sick of people. I'm so sick of visiting. I love you guys, but like, fuck off. Yeah. Dude. I'm so tired of, of visiting people because it, it like, there was no, there was no more like relaxation. It was, you know, time off work, but we were, we were always doing something. We were always, you know, involved in something. So right. when we found those couple hours where we could just chill, it was nice. Man, what was your favorite place you, you guys went to out of all the cities? Probably Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. Yeah, just like just off the top of my head without thinking about Colorado. It was just oh, so beautiful. It's, there was still snow. Uh, it was still pretty cold. Um, and it was just it was just gorgeous. It was so nice in Colorado. Um, and I was sick, too. I was like sick in Colorado. But, oh, really? Um, but I felt, but, but it, was, it was cool. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by Kansas City. Okay. Yeah, Kansas City... Like you would think, Middle America, <clears throat> Midwest, flat farmland. It couldn't be further from that. Hmm. They play into like that, uh, that like uh, Emerald City, Oz kind of thing. It's like a city on a hill, bisected by the river from Kansas to Missouri. Uh, even Kansas was beautiful. Kansas is not flat. Kansas is rolling hills and and uh, really pretty. Interesting. Utah, obviously, like the I seventy from Utah to Colorado beautiful. is just insane. Beautiful. It's just nuts. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would be, I would love to be a trucker just to get that route, just to go out there and see that. It was beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. Colorado, probably my favorite. You had a pretty memorable life event when you were in Chicago, I'd say. I did. I saw my first White Sox game. <laughs> that is not what I was talking about. 
But yeah, we did do that. Did uh, do that. No, I'm, I'm downplaying it. Uh, but yeah, but got engaged. Got engaged. Put a ring on it. That was very exciting. As the cinematographer for the entire event, it was very exciting. Yeah. Oh, I'll give your grade a C plus. C plus, dude. The angles C I was hitting plus. on that were great. Got the fog um, coming in over the city. No, it was great. It was cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. I got engaged. Uh, I feel weird talking about it. I don't know why. Yeah, it was cool. It could. I, I think I could have happened any at any time. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to happen in Zion. Actually, we went to Zion. Yeah. And we got out of the car at Zion, and in the parking lot we were at, they had like this bike rental area, and the they had like this little like uh, attachment that you could put on the back of the bike where you could put the baby. And we were like pondering, is he too young? Is he, is he going to work? Is it good for his neck? Mm-hmm. And it took us about an hour to just decide. And then we had to hook it up. And so by the time from when we parked to when we left the parking lot to go to the park, it had taken about an hour and a half, almost two hours. Oof. And then we got to the park. We got about a half mile in the park. And then decided to turn back because it was like 100 degrees and the kid's neck were like this. <laughs> and uh, so it was a disaster and uh, not romantic. I was saying, yeah, just stressful <laughs> and just, yeah, sweaty. Uh, yeah. It could, honestly, it could happen in like any number of different ways. Uh, could have done it back in California. I just didn't, I just didn't know. Uh, I just know that I, I definitely uh, didn't want to not be engaged to this woman. For very much longer. You've been living in sin for quite a while, Frank. I have. I have. You, you know, you can only go to confession so many times and confess <laughs> the same sin so many times. Philip Riss is like, bro, got to do something. <laughs> so that's yeah. cool. Hell yeah. And then, okay, you don't get all the news, Frank. You don't get all the news, okay? I got something myself that I told you the first night you were here that I want to now yell to the world. Twas not the plan, but uh, come December 30th, me and my wife, Sarah, are expecting a second child into this world. Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And crazy enough, it's like six days or four days after Mr. Rager's son and about a week after our buddy Dave Matrango when he's expecting. So. Oh, yeah. End of December. Babies on babies, man. Christmas full of babies. (laughs) Yeah. Stay off Instagram because there will be babies. As it does, the show leads to natural segues. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to make this the dad news hour. Given that we just came off of uh, Father's Day. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, kids are the only source of wealth in life. And uh, I know that you didn't plan to have more kids, but you are having more kids. And I think that is fantastic. I really do. I think it's awesome. So let's talk about dads. Let's do it. What do you think is the best gift, tangible or otherwise, that your father passed down to you? Uh, he gave me like a really good sense of humor, for sure. Like how to look at the world and not such a, a serious... Uh, serious way and, and just to like enjoy like find ways to enjoy yourself and to like try to make other people laugh I've always felt like that's one thing he definitely bestowed upon me uh, he also just bestowed my love for music on me I wouldn't be here in Chicago and doing all the things I've done through the last years and whatnot without like that that spark that passion from him and watching him do it when I was younger in his studio and whatnot so those are those are two things for sure I can accredit to that man mm. what would you say Lovely. Yeah. I think the one thing that I, I come back to when I, when I, when I see it in myself, I attribute it immediately in my head to my dad. And that is the quiet confidence that you have knowing that you're doing the right thing, even though the reaction by other people might not be positive. Okay. He was always a person who would tell me, and I hated it, but I, at the time I hated it. Like you'll understand when you're older or 
when you're older, this will make sense. Or, you know, this far down the line, this will come to fruition. And he was always right about that stuff. Hmm. But he never, he was never like, never shy to say like, I told you so, but he never like, uh, he never like panicked, right? He was never like, this is going to happen. You have to do this. No, it, it was always very much like, hey, look, here's what I see. Calling it how I see it. I think I'm right. You have to make the decision whether or not you want to take my advice or you want to go a different route. But I promise you that if you go this route, this is this is what you'll see. So he taught you to like, would you say being headstrong? Yeah, headstrong for sure. Like having like a great radar for bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think I got that from him too. I don't know. Like I don't know your relationship with your dad. Mine, mine was rocky. Uh, but but just uh, just observing him as a man for all his faults and all his all his uh, uh, strengths, it was invaluable. And, and, and like, I bring that up for a reason because I, I guess if I could pick, I guess I have the opportunity now with my son, but if I could like pick and choose what my dad could do and what he couldn't do or, or what I would like to see him do or not do, that, that's one thing. But I didn't have that opportunity. I had to take my dad for who he was and for and who he was is a very flawed person. Mm-hmm. But even that, like even taking him at, at face value of who he was, I think that there's value in having just that that role model. You know, do, do you get what I'm saying? Do, are you tracking what I'm for saying sure. here? Or no, is this like I'm, super I'm confusing? picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, and I was grateful for that because I learned from him that my decisions are my own and that I need to take responsibility for my own decisions, whatever whatever may come of them, um, which gave me the freedom to, to choose a life that I wanted to choose. There was never any heart, like heavy, heavy handedness. There's always truth. There was always, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think and I'm, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but it was never like, Hey, you need to do this, or like I'm going to be disappointed in you if you choose this. Yeah, it was oh, it was always very much like this. This at the end of the day, this is this is your life, and you need to make these decisions. So having that role model, and and getting to see the things that I didn't like, especially the things that I didn't like, I think have shaped the father that I want to be, and I'm forever grateful for that. I'm forever ever grateful for that. I think that's really important, though. Like I think. I, at least like the natural order of things. There's obviously always exceptions to this, but I, I think like a good mom is always like, is one, I guess what I think of it is like one who's like loving and caring and nurturing and, and like does all these things. And like, obviously you want some of those attributes as a dad too, but like kind of as you're describing it too, I, I feel the same way with my dad. Like they kind of taught me how to look at the world like a little bit more realistically or, or like how to handle certain things like a failure or something doesn't go your way or, you know, those kind of things. Like they kind of teach you how to approach them more practically, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. or, or not with such an emotional lens in, in, mm. in a way. You bet. Um, and I, I think that's like so, so important. Like, and both of those perspectives are really important because I, I, I do think you still need to, you know, have, have some emotion to you and that teaches you like a little bit more morality in a way, but like having that headstrongness, having that, ability not to maybe like jump to conclusions or, or take something so personally right away or whatever, like is, is so important. So like, I think you need the yin and the yang in, in both. So like, I'm grateful for kind of both those things. Do you, do you see in late, like as you, as you're getting older, do you see more of your father coming out in you? Yeah, dude, I hate it. It's, dude, it's I see so it funny, day. man. It's, I, I was, 
I don't want to say like I don't want it to happen because there's a ton of great shit about my dad. But there's also there's just things about my dad like like he he is like transformed as social media has gotten bigger to like this personality on social media and like he gets like more and more engaged into the news as he's gotten older and all these things and I like start to see not that I'm a personality online or anything but like my interest in politics and the news. In, in all like the reason like we're doing this show like has greatly increased in the last few years. So like I feel like I'm starting to like feel some of that in this show. <laughs> like, mm, interesting. Like, it's it's so strange, man. But uh definitely, absolutely, man. Uh I just gotta hope I don't lose it all like him, man. That, that man's sense of humor is out of this world. <laughs> I gotta hope that 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 doesn't come for me. <laughs> yeah, the lo- the level of um I don't give a fuck that Jim Kenzie has is uh, dangerous, admirable and envy, envi- enviable. Is that how you say that? I'm envious of that. I would, I would like oh. to have, and I feel like I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I, 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 I rarely care what others think in yeah. terms of like what I think, dude. Uh, but it doesn't, it pales in comparison. To He's just, <laughs> He's a legend uh, in that way. We went to, yeah, we absolutely. Went to breakfast with my mom and my grandma last time we were in Toledo like a din- sizable diner in Toledo. And the guy shows up on like the first day of Pride Month and his shirt in huge letters says, I don't give a fuck about your pronouns. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, if you wore that shirt in Chicago, our food is getting spit in for sure. Like it uh, passes here in Ohio. Like you actually even got compliments on the shirt, which makes sense. But like, <laughs> it's just the dude does not give a fuck. So I, uh, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm noticing that I, I my temper mm. is becoming more like my dad's. Really? I have a shorter fuse mm. um, for things. And, and it's like, I don't want to say it's irrational, but a little bit. For things that like I don't like, gotcha. I feel like I have, I, I have less space for little annoyances. And, and I, like, I don't even care to mention them publicly because they're petty annoyances that I have. That, that I know that like they are my own problem. What my dad n- has never known is that they aren't his problem. <laughs> mm. And he has zero tolerance for things that he does not approve of or doesn't like or, or that annoy him. And he show he wears that he wears that disapproval on his sleeve. Mm. And I, I can see myself doing more of it. I don't like it. I don't like it, but it's almost like it's uncomfortable like unconscious that I do it. Yeah. And I have to catch myself. I'm like, all right, don't be an asshole, Frank. Like, it's, it's not that serious. It's not that serious. You think our dads would be friends? No. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> they're, they're way too much alike. And, and, and on different spectrums too. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, I don't know what this is, maybe just staying at home, but like, um, I think my dad kind of caught caught up in a little Trump derangement syndrome. He was never like out there about it, but if it if it got brought up, like you could tell, like he was just kind of regurgitating something he saw on CNN or something like that. So like for sure, I, I from that aspect, like if they got in that conversation, I don't think so. And they're so they're so headstrong. Would they agree that, though uh, on all, on all of that though? Because the same thing happened. Eh, maybe yeah. maybe maybe maybe. <laughs> I don't know, I'd love maybe. to make that happen See, because our moms are very alike too, and I think they'd be great friends. Honestly, I really do. Mm. Lisa and Sue. Oh yeah, you can make a sitcom about them. <laughs> but I would, I would love to see Hector and Jim together. That'd be amazing. That would be cool. Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe I'll uh, invite your dad to my wedding just, just, just <laughs> for the entertainment purposes. But then I'd have to invite your mom. That might get a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there, there, there's one thing. 
one thing I learned about, uh, I'm going to attribute this to my dad, but, but it could be about any parent, right? Um, uh, you, you know, you're obviously your upbringing shapes you and it shapes the person that you become. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and if, if you're lucky enough to be introspective about that, as you get older, then maybe you can learn from it and learn some lessons. And then, and then, you know, you can, you can correct some things along the line so that maybe you're not creating the, uh, the same mistakes that your parents did on you. And, and nobody comes out of this world unscathed. But, uh, a few years ago, I learned something about the way that I approached my relationship with my father, because like I mentioned, my, my relationship with my dad was rocky and there were aspects of it that I really didn't like and that I resented and I lamented and I, uh, I wish hadn't happened. And, um, and because of that, the things that I saw in my dad that I didn't like, I decided to turn 180 degrees in the opposite direction and then go the other way. So much so that I said, I don't want to be my dad. I don't want to be Hector. I don't want to be this person. And in doing that, I handicapped myself from enjoying the life that I could have enjoyed. Uh, And I'll give you a a very concrete example of this. My dad, in many instances, not all instances, but in many instances, didn't treat my mom the greatest. And so having that example set for me, I wanted to be the opposite of that. But in being the opposite of that, I never allowed myself to say yes to the things that were innate inside me, like pursuing somebody that I was attracted to or allowing the natural male progression to come out in a healthy way. It was always suppressed so much so that I didn't even want it to come out uh, because I didn't, I didn't, I was afraid of what it might manifest in me. And so I was trying to be the opposite. Mm. The only reason I bring this up is because I, I reckon that there's a, a, a one or two of you out there who have struggled with, a, struggled with something very similar to this. And I think it's important that we take a look at these instances and we say, change the narrative a little bit. I don't want to be the opposite of my father. I want to be me. And I want to use these experiences that my father gave me and that my mother gave me and that everybody else who was influential in my upbringing gave me uh, to shape the man who I want to be and then use the lessons from them uh, that I don't like to, uh, you know, to also shape the man that I want to be by, you know, addition by subtraction, mm-hmm. putting away these things. I guess in, in, in short, it's, it's, not, it's not good, nor is it healthy if you had a relationship with your father that maybe was rocky or... You know, you, you witnessed some things that your that your dad did that you didn't appreciate. I think it's natural to want to gravitate away from that, but I don't think it's healthy to go in the opposite direction or to continually say like I want to be, I don't want to be this person. I want to be opposite of this person. I think it's somewhat natural though. Like I, th- oh no, it's hundred. You know, natural. like in your teen, in your teen years, and you get into your twenties, and you, like you start to. Once, once that like the allure of your parents, I guess, like wears off at some point in your life. And I feel like it happens to everybody. This person who you've like probably mostly idolized m- most of your life or whatever, you know, like you've built them up, like you start to see their flaws and you start to see all these things that you like don't agree with and that you don't like or whatever. And like, you like kind of like start to tear this person apart in your mind in one way or the other, like from your mm-hmm. righteous moral high ground, whatever that is. At right, right. Well, I mean, even, even that, you want to, you want to be a good person. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But, right. but to, so, give, give yourself the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but then, yeah. So like you, you, you go through this time when you, 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 you find these flaws and you just like, 
lean into them. And, and like you're saying, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be like that, blah, blah, blah. But like I, at a point then, and I, this has happened to me very recently, especially with my dad, where I like just come to be like, he was just a dude who was like doing the best he could with the shit he's been given. He's a human and he's inherently flawed. Like we all are and blah, blah, blah. And you like, then you like start to appreciate the things that they've done or the person that they are, the things that they've oh, yeah. like taught you. And, and that shit starts to fade more. Um, and you, maybe like the hero mindset of that person isn't there like it was when you were a kid, but like the level of like appreciation and just like love. And then like, once I had a kid, you know, of my own and, start to think about it from like his perspective, looking at me kind of a thing. And like, damn, like someday Walter is going to do that to me, you know? And, and mm. like, all I want is the best for that dude, you know? Right. And I try every day for that, but that is going to happen someday. So it's just, I think it's just like a part of life, man. And and hopefully once you grow to have that somewhat appreciation for that person, like, you know, time heals all wounds or whatever, but. Well, sure. I, I also uh, I really like what you said. And, and, and I think, when, when, you know, you mentioned that it's natural to to want to you know to want to gravitate away from that, carve your own path, and and, and even say some you know something like, oh, yeah, I want to be different. I don't want to be this person. I want to be opposite of this person. Whatever they did here, I want to do something different here. But but I think the where the real harm in that comes in, at least for me, this is just my, you know my own personal experience speaking here, is that th that uh, that person, my father, is half of me. Yeah, and and maybe even a little bit more so because I, I had, I had a, a stronger bond with my father when I was a younger kid. So when I, when I allowed myself to accept him for him and then me for me, the, the, number one, uh, the number one benefit of that was a giant skyrocket in confidence. For you? For me. Because I no longer feared becoming this person that I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Because I allowed myself to separate myself from my father, but not turn in the opposite direction and run away from it. Right. 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 We, we, kind of going along in parallel. And I attribute everything to that realization. You know, this, this relationship I have with Jacqueline and the relationship that I'm, I'm creating with my son, I, I, I don't pretend to know that I have the answers, um, even though sometimes it might, <laughs> might sound like I do. I, I don't. <laughs> this is me on the record, humble pie, I'm eating it. I don't know the answers. But what I do know is that I'm confident in the path that I'm taking because mm -hmm. I know that I have the humility to course correct or to say that I'm wrong or to say that I fucked up here. And then I also have the example set for me from my father, both good and bad on things that I want to do and don't want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, you know, and, and the confidence it's given me, is just, it's been amazing. Uh, so if you're out there and, and, you're, and you're feeling a certain way or this resonates with you, there's a book that I read that I think you might uh, get some value in. It's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty corny title, but the book, it really shines a light on how to become your own man. It really gives you some background information so that you can start to realize how you've been unconsciously hamstringing yourself from getting what you want and whatever that, whatever that might be. So the book's called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, really, really good book. Uh, I recommend it for all, but especially for young men. I recommend it. I want to play you a clip here from Mr. Elon Musk talking about fatherhood. You will absolutely be happier if you have kids. Um, absolutely. Um, we're, we're literally, we've evolved to have that as all creatures have. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can take, say, 
I don't know, like a, you know, like a, I don't know, an alley cat or something like, or like, like a, or a bobcat, like some, some like wild creature that would normally be quite fierce and unfriendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and like kill or eat anything it came across. But the moment it has, um, you know, cubs or puppies or whatever it, or kittens, uh, it becomes a, you know, that becomes loving mom. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the, the, the cat that was really mean is like taking care of its little kittens. It's instinct. It's yes. like, you know, it's genetic programming. So people should really expect that if they have kids, they will improve their quality of life, not make it worse. You've got a lot of kids? Yeah, I'm trying to set a good example. I love that, man. I love that. I, I, I think that there's a, particularly in our generation, attitude that kids are a burden to whatever lifestyle that you want to create. You, do you get that sense? Man, yeah, I was kind of thinking that way before we found out we were having another one. <laughs> well, okay. Selfishly, so, well, I was thinking but, that. I, I'm not going to lie. Well, but selfishly or not, it's it's not untrue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If yeah. if your mindset is I want to do this, I want my life to be this, and a kid, ooh, it's just going to get in the way. Maybe my circumstances are different than others. I know that they are, but that's one thing that we've not allowed ourselves to ever think is that. A child will be a burden. It is just an addition to the things that we are already doing. And we have from day one involved the kid in everything. The child has been with us for everything. We wouldn't have it any other way. True. But double that and it does become a burden at a point to do certain things, to go out to dinner. You're man coverage now. You're not zone coverage. It's it's It becomes equal numbers. So going out to dinner, it's not just one baby that you're trying to set up and feed and entertain and still try to eat yourself. Now it's, it's double that it's, it's, you know, you're trying to go out to the mall. It's not just one baby you got to carry around. You both got to strap a baby up or, you know, dual carriage system or whatever. Like it, it does at a point it becomes a burden, especially if they're both around like the same age to where they can't, one can't like walk themselves and entertain themselves or whatever. Like there is, there is a burden aspect to it. Now, if whether that burden is worth it or not to you, I think is different, but to make it seem like it's easy peasy with two, with two or more, I, I feel like uh, you're lying to yourself a little bit. Not easy. No one ever said it was going to be easy. Exactly. Which would make it a burden to a point. Well, I guess, but to me, that's a mindset. Because the last thing you said is, if it's worth it to you or not is the difference. Mm-hmm. And I say, if you're worth anything as a person, it's worth it 10 times out of 10. For sure, yeah. Because you will miss the tantrums being thrown in the middle of a Macy's. Can't wait. You will. Those. You will miss it. What, because it represents. Like yeah, or grown. even, even not even older, like I, I'm sure you already miss and probably have some excitement reserved in you for the early stages of your new child's development, right? The first few weeks or the few, first sure. few months. And, and, and maybe your, your, maybe your mind goes, directly to the lack of sleep or the waking up at 3 a.m. and just like being completely exhausted and you have another kid Mm -hmm. and you have to make sure both are, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure that's where your mind can go to. But to me, that is, you bank that. Unconsciously, you bank that. And that becomes a source of wealth that no man-made object or amount of money could ever replace. Agreed. I think what that's kind of what the message that, that Elon Musk was saying is like, that's innate, that's in your DNA. Mm-hmm. So I will always push back and, and, and lament on, on, on the attitude 
that a child is a burden. Because even though you might be right in, depending on how you define burden, it doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. And that to me is like where, where it should end. It's a burden that's worth taking on. Agreed. And that should be the whole sentence. But I can, I can see why people don't do it or don't have these huge families. Like I, I can, I can definitely see that. And like, like I said before, we were going to have the second one. We were kind of cool on one. Like, how could we love something else more than Wally? And like, mm. like how, how could we feel this way or put this much of love into anything? But then like, once we found out we were having one, like a lot of those reservations and worries about so many things, like, am I still going to be able to play as much tennis as I play or work out as much? Am I still, or are we going to be able to go on vacations? Like all these like doubts or whatever they were reservations in our head about having another one kind of just seemed to fade away. Cause like just so excited to do it again. And that like we get to expand this little community of family that we have going here. Like it's exciting, but. And I think you will make time. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you're going to do it. Like my mom always said that, like it, there's going to be things that suck. Like, it, that's for sure. Like just sometimes things are going to suck and be stressful and so crazy, but like you're going to get through it and it's going to be fine. And like at the end of the day, you have mini use and like little things that you get to nurture and grow and how like, and that's all worth it. And she's so right with that, man. Like I've had so many days when I'm just like with Wally, like this is tough or this is hard. And it's just, just get through it. Just keep going. <laughs> like you're going to be fine. And it's, yeah. it's true. It's so true. So with two, it's just probably more of those situations. You got to be more patient, but be all right. We'll be all right. Um, there, there's a, I don't know quite the, the details of it, but I think the, I think the shell of the, of the situation will kind of paint the picture. There's uh, uh, a, a small battle going on, as you call it, about um, school lunches Okay. in California. Um, and I heard something the other day. And it got me to thinking, because I have a kid now, um, that free school lunches for children is, is, is one of, if not the most detrimental policies that have been put into place in America for some time. And here's, here's why. And, and this isn't my, my, my view exactly, but I'm, I'm kind of regurgitating what I heard. At a baseline, your responsibility as a parent is to feed your kid, right? Yes. Like what, what other, outside of feeding your kid, right? There, there might be things that are nice, but what else is required of you as a parent? to make sure that this person is surviving, feeding them, yeah. right? And the, the person that was making this argument was saying that there is no reality where you being unable to feed your child is acceptable. And I was like, okay, I'll listen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I got, it got me to thinking because when we were kids, we were on school lunch. My mom for a time was on welfare because she had to be. She got off it as soon as she could, but, but she had to be. We got government assistance. We got assistance from the church. We got assistance from family members. I mean, we, we got help from wherever we could get it because we needed it. And in that, in that respect, I, I, I imagine that school, my, the school providing lunches for us was a good thing for my mom. It helped lessen the burden. And I think that's probably the attitude that got that policy enacted in the first place. But... Now it's gone universal. So school lunch, California, universal. Breakfast is provided for kids. During the pandemic, you can go to school to pick up lunches. And it got me to thinking like, huh, maybe this isn't a good idea because if, 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 the added, if, if, what, we're, if what we're saying to parents is that, that you, you, you no longer are responsible for feeding your kid, does, it just hit me as something like that. That's not something that we should be teaching Sure. Or, you know. Well, and then you get into the idea of like when you're trying to streamline feeding a group of people, 
obviously like quality will begin to lack at some point and what you're feeding them becomes a very big concern. So it's like, yes, it was Gavin Newsom that was saying that he's like, it's our goal to make sure that every child in California is well fed. And I was like, well, define well fed. Yeah. To whose standard? You know what I mean? Like, like if you got to feed children en masse, like you're not, you're not feeding them chicken breasts and, and slices of tomato and, and, and broccoli. And, you know, it's probably like cardboard pizza French fries. An apple. Yeah. French fries and chocolate milk. Which as a kid, I would have been great with. That sounds delicious. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I remember not eating lunch, but I had to take it. You wouldn't eat the lunch given to you by school or that your mom packed? I would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Okay. Like I had to do, like I could, I, I just remember there not being the option to not take the lunch mm. because I was able to get free lunch. And I remember just throwing it away hmm. immediately just... Because it was gross, and maybe I was uh, spoiled because everyone in my family can cook well, and so I would like taste this nasty cafeteria. Like when I say cafeteria, does a smell automatically come to your head? We had a solid cafeteria in my high school, so I I can't talk shit here. High school's different. High school's different. Great school, no. We were all no. it was packed lunch every day, and then they did these things called hot lunches where they would bring in Chick Fil A or mm. like Magic Walk Chinese food or oh gotcha hot dog lunch. I was known as the one biter back in grade school, bro. Not maybe not the best reputation to have, but could you just take a bite of everyone's food? No, no. I when we had hot dog lunch, it was like every the first Wednesday of every month, I could one bite an entire hot dog. You you, you fit the whole hot dog in your mouth in one bite? The whole thing. Yeah, that's not something I would do now, Ugh. ever. <laughs> that's what we call foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's like I don't, have a, I don't really have a go. point there. Uh, uh, but 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 uh, I just thought it was interesting because it's like wow, yeah, that is like like if we took that away and we never will. Mm-hmm. There's never been a social program in America that has gone away. If we were to take that away, there shouldn't be any backlash to that. Oh, you know, I, I can't, you know, it helps so much for me to feed my kid. Like, like, okay. Yeah. Understood. But that's like, that you're their parent, right? That's your responsibility to feed, to feed your kid. Like you have to, before you do anything else, you have to do that. And like, we've allowed for, uh, the feeding of our children to be supplemented by the state. Just doesn't sound good when Mm -hmm. you say it like that. Just doesn't sound good. Um, okay. Here is a, a gentleman named John Lafeva. Um, he's an author. He had a little thread about, uh, uh, the impact of fathers, especially on young girls. We both have sons, um, but I'm sure some of you out there have some daughters. So, uh, he wrote down some unapologetic advice for his daughter and I'll read it here for you guys. Number one, stand up straight. I think that's underrated. I, I was, in the bathroom today, and I noticed that my natural position is a hunched position. I, yeah, I catch myself doing the Not same good. thing. Got to kind of. Oh. Yep, stand up straight. Uh, know how to change a tire. Absolutely, every girl in the world should know how to change a tire. But he also says, whenever possible, let a man do it for you. Amen. Your physical appearance matters. That's the world we live in, and it's also how we're wired. That is so true. I saw a video yesterday. Uh, there was a shooting in Chicago, and as the police were trying to clear the scene, there were a bunch of women in front of a car, uh, in front of a cop car, twerking in front of the cop car as to like taunt the police. Hmm. And uh, you know, call me call me a prude or whatever. But I, all I kept thinking was like, damn, if that was my daughter, I would be so disappointed. <laughs> 
Uh, but your physical appearance matters. Absolutely. Keep that up. That is, that is a hundred percent true. Um, and then the next point he makes is inner beauty, intelligence, personality, confidence, and a sense of humor becomes more important as you get older. Wits never sag. LOL. Number five, <laughs> know that you are more beautiful than you will ever give yourself credit for. Man, that's probably the truest thing you'll ever hear as a girl. I don't know of any other group of humans that is so hard on themselves physically than women. It's my job to keep you safe. That's why it's also my job to teach you how to use a gun. Here, here. Uh, take good care of your skin as a man. I don't know if this is the same for you. I take for granted how easy it is to have clear, nice skin. I th- is that because you don't do anything for it? Because that's my firm belief. Ah, I haven't put I any thought of it that skincare way. products, any of that bullshit on my skin ever. And I have, I would say, like relatively clear skin. And I, I know people that spend so much time with so many different products mm. and have terrible skin. And I'm just like, it's probably because all the fucking oils and shit you're rubbing on your face. Like, <laughs> I wonder why your skin's not good. I, yeah, and, and it probably has, has to do with the fact that, you know, women more often than not wear makeup. I don't know. Yeah, right. Maybe, maybe not. Right. I don't know. This is probably not advice I would give. Don't worry about dieting. Eat healthy, exercise, drink in moderation, and everything will fall into place. I mean, I, yeah, if you eat healthy and, and I, yeah, I mean, because some of those diets can, you can kind of start a crazy psyche with how yep. you approach some things. And then like, once you break that, you're going to, you know, 180 the other way and go nuts. Right. So right. if you just like kind of have the goal as exercise often and eat relatively healthy, I I could see how that was. That's like, I, I would agree with that advice. Sure. Yeah, man, man, maybe I was wrong there. Gender is not a social construct. Embrace the differences between men and women. Read more. It allows you to borrow someone else's brain. Hmm. It's safe to assume that almost every man you meet will want to sleep with you. Yes. Yes. Even if they don't make a move on that assumption, the answer is yes. If anyone says it's okay to be fat, they're lying to you. Also, yes. Let him pay for dinner most of the time. When you and Sarah first started dating, were you, did you guys go Dutch? Yes. Yeah, we split yeah. almost everything. I mean, there's been meals where I treated, she treated. Right. But yeah, I think that's um, a good way to do it. Keep it fair. Yeah, yeah. Just because you can fit into that tiny dress doesn't mean that you should wear it. You know, that's always interesting. And, and, and if I ever do have a daughter, that's something I think I'll struggle with. Is like allowing them to be their own person, but also like knowing in my heart that like, I don't want them. I'm not a woman. So I don't know how I teach a woman class. Mm-hmm. So that's something that uh, I think I will struggle with if I have a daughter. Don't sleep around. Absolutely. I wish, Yes. Absolutely. Uh, play sports. You'll probably run, throw, and fight like a girl, but that's magnificent. Money is important. It won't make you happy, but it solves many of the problems that will make you unhappy. Ooh, that's good advice. You will most likely regret getting a tattoo. Interesting. I don't have any tattoos, so I can't speak on that. Same, man. Uh, and I regret that I don't have one. Ah, interesting. I, like, I, I just want to know what it feels like, but like, I've never been able to be like, oh, I really like that, and I want that in my body forever. Same. <laughs> you know, it's yep. like... Same. Yeah. If you are blessed with the gift of being able to create and shape a life, embrace it. You'll probably find it more rewarding than any career, but you can still have both. Interesting. You have all the power over boys. Let them cherish and revere you. Boy, is that true. You ever, you ever watched the movie uh, Bugs Life? I've, yeah, it's a great movie. Do you, remember, do you remember when the main 
what are they, grasshoppers? Yeah, the main grasshopper is talking to the other grasshoppers. And he goes, they outnumber us 100 to 1. If they ever figure that out, we're done. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the same way with girls. If they ever figure out just how much power they have over men, uh, it's over. You it's think, over. Oh, okay. How so? How so? Um, I would, okay, let me rephrase that. If they ever figured out how much power they have over young, impressionable boys. Yes, agreed. It's over. But I, I think as sexes, we need each other. I don't think one of us have this like overarching power over each other. In, in we're yeah. better at well, different I, things sure. for sure, just genetically, but like we need each other to make all of this work, I think. But I also don't think that women realize just, especially girls, just how much power they have. Well, yeah, when you talk about a young, a young man, Yes, that's very true. Ignore the booze. They usually come from the cheap seats. Don't try to party like one of the guys. You won't metabolize alcohol at the same rate, and that's how bad things can happen. Oh, my God. That should be number one. Success is doing whatever it is that you love and doing it well. Yes, agreed. Just because your brother might go on spring break with his friends doesn't mean you can. Interesting. C6, 9, 11, and 22. Finally, remember that rules are for the obedience of fools and the guidance of a smart, strong woman. I don't really know what that means. All in all, it's a pretty good list, I think. Yeah, I like that. Dude, some potential breaking news. Have you been following this Oceanside submarine? This Titanic? Yes. Dude. Yes, I have. Crazy story. We just had someone chime in on our uh, YouTube, uh, Mr. Marvin, saying that he has seen that the missing people on the sub have been rescued. Now, I have not seen this online yet. I asked him to tell me his source and I haven't seen that yet. Apparently this morning though, they did hear banging. I heard that, that. was occurring every 30 minutes in somewhat of a regular interval. So they're, they've narrowed the search window. Uh, I see nothing online or on Twitter or anything saying that they've officially been rescued. Uh, but this is a crazy story. You have been following this. Mm-hmm. It is nuts. Oh, yeah. dude. I, some of the things that have gone wrong here. It's just like, I guess in hindsight, it just seems so like, duh, why the hell? Like this seems so dumb. But um, I guess it's a crew of five that went down here for the people that, that don't haven't been up to date with all this. And they basically were taking a they're calling it like a jerry rigged vessel. Like it was definitely safe to a point. But like there's some weird things about it i.e. it's being controlled by a Logitech like $30 video gaming controller uh, mm-hmm. from the surface. They don't have much control down low at all. Right. Um, these guys went missing about an hour and 45 minutes after this entire expedition to go and see the Titanic wreckage started. Uh, they've been missing now for about three days. And for the air that they have on board, uh, they would run out of oxygen basically like uh, early Thursday morning is what they're being said. So today is basically like the last day. Um, if they're to be found, that they can be alive at least. Apparently, here's what they're hearing. Okay. So like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Sounds like signs of life, but mm-hmm. I have no idea. The son or the stepson of the billionaire that went down there decided that it was uh, appropriate to attend the Blink-182 concert in San Diego uh, two nights ago and posted about it on social media <laughs> saying, this is what my parents would have wanted me to do. Oh, <laughs> so, Jesus. Uh, I guess uh, uh, the billionaire's stepson. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Twitter where news breaks... I don't see anything about that. Um, I don't see anything either. Um, 
I did see, I don't know how true this is, but I did see that like it's controlled by like a PlayStation controller. That's what I was saying. Yeah, it's like a $30 Logitech gaming controller that they're using for this thing, dude. <laughs> Nuts. And and the fact that they don't put any kind of like sonar radar beacon on this thing so that GPS tracking so that it can be found is bananas. Like you would think that's the first thing you would do if you're going to go yeah. to depths of the ocean that like no manned vessel can go. I think as, as deep as we can go is like uh, 600 meters and they're like 4,000 down there. Yeah. So 4, the only thing, meters. the only thing that that can like really help them is like an unmanned uh, vehicle of which there's only like a few that are able to tow and do the things that this would be needed. So like not looking good for these guys, man. Like uh, there's things inside the, the vessel that were like just bought at Home Depot, <laughs> like mm. lights and Golly. various other things. It's just like this hodgepodge. Like, you be so flipping about it. I, yeah, it's uh, it's tough, dude. I I can't. I feel terrible for these guys. The one guy is kind of an adventurer, though. It, one of these yeah. guys that was on here was also on Blue Origin with Jeff Bezos last year. Okay, adventure thrill seeker for sure. But fuck, man, I I don't crazy no. No one should be hopping their ass on a submarine talking about they going down to the Titanic. <laughs> that is Nicki Minaj on the missing Titanic tour submarine. Um, Thank you for weighing in, Nicki. True. I mean, like, okay. <sighs> I, I, for me, it's like the same asshole that needs to go to Mount Everest. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. Like, this is this is what I'm doing. Um, I, I, just because you have all the money in the world, like, <sighs> like y- you're buying an adventure to the Titanic. Like, good for you. Like, I, I don't know. Like, to me, that's just, like, really dumb. But also really dumb to make sure that like, or not make sure that this thing isn't as like foolproof as possible before you do it. Right. Fuck. Right. I do not understand it. So we'll see. Hopefully by the next show, we know what happened to these guys or something's been recovered or they've been safely found. Who knows? Knows. Um, I put up a question on Facebook and the question was, what is something that when you first heard about it, you could not believe that it was true? You got anything for me? Mm. I mean, to try to think of something. Um, 9-11. Like, <laughs> okay, so you're talking about like the, the official story, the official narrative. I, I'm saying the 9-11 conspiracy. Yeah, when yeah. I first heard it, I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. No way. We got attacked by terrorists. And then looked into it more and was like, whoa, there's a lot of very interesting shit here that derails the story that we've been told, I feel like. That's mm-hmm. like probably, and that's like kind of been like my first getting my toes wet into conspiracy theories in general, which has kind of shaped my life more mm. and more. But um, that's that was the first one that came to mind for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have... I'm trying to think of something. The person that put that, put, that posed this question initially, uh, their answer was fractional reserve banking, which is basically how all banks work, where there's only a fraction of bank deposits that are required to be available for withdrawal at any one time. Oh, okay. Yeah. That shit is pretty right. crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy, right? Like your bank doesn't, or your money doesn't sit at a bank. It's being used to grow the economy. And that's why everybody's scared of run on banks because banks do not carry liquid assets that equal the deposits, which is fucking wild. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Like as a kid, you just think like, oh yeah, my money's in the bank. I can get it out whenever. Not really. Uh, but here are some... Um, Answers some of these that I know about, some I have no idea about. Uh, Operation Northwoods. Never heard. 
a proposed flag, false flag operation against American citizens that originated within the U.S. Department of Defense in 1962. The proposals called for CIA operatives to both stage and commit acts of violent terrorism against American military and civilian targets, blaming them on the Cuban government mm. and using it to justify a war against Cuba. So it was a, a false flag operation to get us into a war with Cuba, making it seem so it, okay. they attacked us. Heard that about Pearl Harbor as well. Yeah. Um, nobody from Purdue and the Sackler family did any prison time for the chaos they caused in the USA with Oxycontin. Uh, that's a whole show or maybe even two there. Mm. <laughs> that Donald Rumsfeld and the United States military could not account for $2.3 trillion in transactions. That makes, yeah. 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 Common core math. Have you seen common core math? No. <laughs> Dude, it is crazy. Wait, bro. is this like the technique that like Asians use for math and it's like way quicker? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know that it's uh, attributed to Asians. I think at least in America, the, the main proponent of it was Bill Gates. Um, but it's, it's a different way of doing math. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think the idea is that like you, you, so like you're not teaching kids to memorize like timetables, but you're actually giving them an avenue to learn the actual math. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I think it's, I think it's like a failed experiment. It's ridiculous. And I think moreover, like it's not how we were taught. And so we can't help if our children are being taught common core math, like we can't help them. Mm. There's a lot of shit here. <laughs> Biden winning the presidency, Santa Claus not being real. Trump winning the presidency too. Shit. Trump winning the presidency. Here's one that's pretty crazy. 2050 is closer to us than is 1990. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. That's weird to think Weightlifting helps with weight loss. Mm -hmm. This is true. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of crazy shit in here. But yeah, like I was saying, 9-11 was like the first one that kind of made me, you know, like, what? Mm -hmm. What? And that has altered my conspiracy brain forever. Like, so much so that when I heard about this Titanic submarine, I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's think about this. Like, <laughs> is there any on. angle here? Mm. Like, because how ridiculous is it that in the year 2023, there wouldn't be some kind of like beacon on this thing where you could find yeah. it instantly? See, I think that's where you and me differ because I, I have absolutely no, like, like my... Reservoir mm. for the stupidity of human beings <laughs> is bottomless. <laughs> so if you tell me that humans did something, Occam's razor kind of thing, right? Like yeah. this person did something really dumb. It's probably because they did something really dumb and like there's not, there's not like any conspiracy against it. But you know. For sure. I'm but when you see huge buildings fall demolition style. Yeah. It's like, huh? Or ones next to it also falling demolition style because of a building fire. It's like, maybe this was thought out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know. There's just, sometimes it's like, it's glaring, man. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Same with like aliens. Like, come on, how much fucking proof do we need to see before there's some credence to this thing? I get it that they're not like 4K high fidelity videos, but like. Oh, you know what? Here's one. This is for me personally. And I'm, I'm not trying to make a point here. Really, I'm not. But, but, but it legitimately struck me when I found out that my sister's ex-boyfriend, at the time was her boyfriend, was a legitimate card-carrying member of a socialist party. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that existed in America. This was like 2016, and I was shook. I was like, wait a second. Like, really? S like, legit, socialist, really? What was it, like Bernie Sanders Warriors, or like what, what was it uh, called? I don't know. Huh. They were very young, so I don't know. I don't even know if they knew what it meant. Maybe they did. I don't know. Interesting. I really don't know. But it, like, shook me to my core. I couldn't believe it was real. Huh. I didn't believe that it was real. Like, you guys actually believe this idea? I mean, when you're young, you, you believe everything, man. I yeah, feel, right, yeah. right, right. And it's very idealistic. Um, yeah. Before we get out of here, I have, I have an experience that happened to me this weekend. Have you ever misgendered somebody? No. Dude, 
I've done it way too many times. Not on purpose, with any hate in my heart, but it's happened to me just because of my fucking luck in the world. Curse of the commentator or whatever you want to call it. But Mm -hmm. did it again this weekend while trying to be nice somehow. But like got walked into this coffee shop. There was someone standing next to me who looked like a girl. And the coffee lady looks at me, like, you know, taking the next person. And I go, oh, she's next. And she kind of like looks over at me like, fuck you. And I'm like, I thought I was being nice. And then she goes up to the counter and starts talking. And it's like a manly voice. Mm-hmm. And I, from my standpoint, I'm like, fuck. I, I, I did just misgender you in like a very pro-gay coffee shop. I was not, in the, you know. But also like you appear to be a woman. And, you know, I was trying to be nice and let you go first. And then I'm the asshole. Like, I hate that shit, bro. And I've had like a situation in a guitar center before where I was trying to get help from someone from behind. The person looks very big and burly, you know? And I'm like, hey, bro, can I get your help? Turns around and like literally had a name tag on that said, my name is, you know, Brooke. And my pronouns mm. are she, her. Like, obviously I didn't see that from behind, but like, man, just, just, you feel like the biggest dickhead, bro. Like ever, like when you, in those situations, even though it's like, I've never had a conversation with you. You've never told me what pronouns of yours to use right. or whatever. Like, how the fuck do I know? I'm going off your appearance. Like, that seems reasonable to me. But, like, in the moment, you feel like an like, asshole. If you're the other person, I think you kind of have to be a little bit, like, have a little humility about that. I'm like, oh, That's you what know. Sarah said, too. Yeah. They, like, like, I get how you could get to that conclusion, right. but actually this is who I am. Oh, okay. Cool. Right. Ma'am. <laughs> Can you help me out here? <laughs> you know, like, dude, like, I, it goes both ways. It was one of the things that, like, when transgenderism uh, became like part of the mainstream, it's. I think it's fair to ask polite society to accept you for who you are. That's not, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's also a two-way street where you have to acknowledge that your situation is one not normal and two a little bit confusing. For so, sure. like, the grace has to go both ways. Yeah, right. So well, if it were me, I would the only time I'd feel like an asshole if I was being an asshole about it. Yeah. And she was like, actually, my name's Brooke. Like, whatever, dude. I just need this guitar. Yeah, right? Like, then right. you're an asshole. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, then from there, the same, literally the same day, we went to go get lunch at this place called Chubby's, and it's just like a place of cheesesteaks and cheeseburgers, gyros, french fries, shakes, just like, you know, all the good shit for your soul, but not good for your body. And we walk in there, and there's this fucking dude sitting at the counter taking orders. Humongous. To the point where he's sitting, because I don't think he could stand. Mm. And just, you know, a large man. take Real nice, great guy, salt of the earth man. And takes our order. We're talking, you know, just kind of talking bullshit. And after the order, and I go, oh, are you the owner of this place? Just like conversationally mm-hmm. talking. And he goes, no. And instantly I could tell he was like, fuck this guy. Because <laughs> the name of the place is Chubby's. <laughs> God damn it. Why do you do this, Alex? And hey, do you own Chubby? Hey, Chubby. <laughs> Are you Chubby? He was so big, Frank. I, I don't know. I, thought, no uh, I, feel like you're, I feel like that person is, <sighs> I don't know. I get it. I guess I get it. Yeah. I'm just going to stop talking to people. because It I could be a little bit up. insensitive, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I felt like a dick after. That one I felt like place? a dick after. The the. the for me to just assume that he was chubby based on his size was... Dude, that would be great. Like, <laughs> do I own chubbies? Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> oh, uh, so, yeah, that was my weekend in Milwaukee. I fucking up all kinds of shit. But, oh, that's it. Uh, you have anything else for us? 
Nope, I gotta go. Cool. Uh, if you guys need to find us in the meantime, you can find us on TikTok at Friendship News Hour and on Instagram with the same handle. You can find us on Twitter at FriendshipNH. And as always, you can send us a beautiful email to bummerdude.media at gmail.com. That's bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Deuces. Good morrow.